Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Open them up with me to the book of Luke. I want to go to the book of Luke this evening. Luke chapter, chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. And I'm going to begin reading in Luke chapter 7, um, verse 36. I want to honor Beth Redman that's here in the house with us this evening. Beth Reds. She's not a guest. She's part of our family and our church and friends of our senior pastors, uh, Pastor Sharice and Pastor Jensen and also Pastor Ben and Carissa. And actually, Beth is going to be a part of our divine conference in Georgia, one of our main speakers. And so... Thank you for being with us today, Beth. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. It says this, it says, Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with them. He entered into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair, kissing them and anointing them with perfume. Notice that. She said her tears, she washed his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair and kissed his feet with her lips. And the Bible said anointing them with the perfume. Verse 39, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is, is touching him. She's a sinner. Jesus replied to Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, say it, teacher. A creditor had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which one of them would love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who forgave more. Jesus said, you have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered into your, I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she with her tears has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. Since I came in, you didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But this one who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Few more, two more verses. Those who were at the table with him, notice that, to say among themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? That's the second reference. Simon said, who is this man? Then the people there said, who is this man? And then verse 50 said, and he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go on in peace. I want to talk to you from this particular story here. And if you want to give it a subject or title, just a simple thought, I want to call it, it's time to let your hair down. It's time to let your hair down. 
This particular story here in Luke chapter 7 is actually told in all four accounts of the Gospels. Each one of them had their own, if I, I should say, their own perspective or their taking of how this particular incident had happened. Each one, if you read through all four Gospels, there are certain things that you can learn from them and pull from them and principles that we can live by in life. And I'm going to mainly focus on this particular text in Luke 7, but I'll also reference to some of the other Gospels for point purposes to draw out to what I want to talk to you about. In our text, the scripture said that she was referred to as a sinner woman from the city. But the other Gospels refer to her as Mary. Mary, who also was the sister of Martha and Lazarus, the scripture said. And what, the thing about it that when you start looking and comparing the different Gospels, there's so many things that you can actually get caught up if you're not careful because there's so many things that you can dive into and look at. But I want to start out looking at a couple things because when you look at Matthew and Mark's gospel, they record that she poured or anointed his head. But when you look at Luke and John, the scripture said they said that she anointed his feet. But the reality of it is both of them are significant because when they when she anointed his head, it was an act of honoring him publicly and generally. But when she anointed his feet, it was a display of devotion to him personally and specifically. In other words, when she anointed his head, it was a public declaration. I'm honoring him for who he is. But when she anointed his feet, she says, I'm giving, I'm not just honoring him for who he is, but I'm also honoring him for who he is to me. In other words, it went from just generally honoring him to specifically honoring him. It's one thing for him to be Lord, but it's another thing for him to be my Lord. That's what she was saying. I honor him that he's the king of kings, but I also honor him because he's my king. I honor him because he's the Lord of all, but I also honor him because he's my Lord and Savior. When you look at not only this in this particular text, when you look at Luke chapter 10, Mary teaches us not only about honoring him generally and specifically, but the Bible teaches us that she gives us the importance of maintaining our devotion over duty. The scripture says in Luke chapter 10, uh, following this text, that Mary is there with Martha in the house with Jesus. Jesus is there teaching the word of God. Mary is at his feet. At Mary is at his feet while Martha is in the kitchen working and serving. One of the things that grabbed me in this text is that when it said, I've read this many of time, but I never saw it with this particular word. The scripture put it like this. Martha was distracted with much serving. I always read it that she was doing much serving, but the scripture said that she had become distracted by much serving where Mary was there at his feet giving Jesus devotion. And Mary got, Martha got upset and she even went to Jesus and complained and said, aren't you going to tell her to come help me to do something, to come and at least get up for a moment, hand me a plate, hand me a napkin, do something. But Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worrying about too many things. Mary has chose the better thing. 
And one of the things I think it's critical, especially in the church, that Mary reminds us that our duties for God should never take precedence over our devotion to God. It is possible that, listen, you cannot substitute what you do for God with a relationship with God. It's important that you serve. It's important that you get involved. It's important. It's part of being a believer in Christ. Yes, it's part of what we teach and preach. But I promise you, in this house and in this church and this leadership and this team, we desire you first to be worshipers before you are workers. We realize the value of volunteering, but we understand that your ability to successfully do your duty is rooted in your ability to stay devoted to him. John chapter 15 says this. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branch. Away from me, you can do nothing. He said, but if you will abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Fruitfulness comes from my devotion to God. I want to say that to leaders. I want to say to preachers or ministers in the house that it's important that we not get so caught up of doing our work for God that we neglect our relationship with God. I want to talk. I just want to be honest and open. I'll never forget. And this was early on and it was back in Gainesville. And it's when I first started out in ministry and I'm learning and trying to figure it all out. And, and, and there's so much to do all the time ministry is a machine. If you don't know that, you will recognize it because there's always a need. There's always something to do. But I'll never forget one day there was a, there's a mall there in Georgia, the Gainesville Mall. It is a mall there. And I'll never forget I went over one day. It's not, yeah, it's not the best mall, but it's a mall. I think it's still there. <laughs> I don't know. But I remember walking through there by myself one day, and I remember seeing this little, this little fountain-like figurine thing that had like this little fat angel with water coming out of his mouth. And I'll never forget, as I looked at it and stared at it, I could not figure out. I was saying, I see the water coming out, but I couldn't see how the water was going in. And I looked at it from multiple, and it was messing with my mind. But the more I sat there and stared at it, the Holy Spirit impressed in my heart these words, that's you. And when I heard that, I knew exactly what it was. Because I had allowed myself to get to a place where I was doing a lot of spewing and a lot of giving out and giving out, giving out. But there was little that was going in. Oh, Javon, you're not supposed to tell people that you're a preacher. I'm telling you the truth. I'm being real that I caught myself in a place that I had become so devoted to the duty that I was neglecting the devotion. And I'm telling you, it's possible if we don't keep our devotion to God and committed to God. Understand that when you don't stay devoted to him first, it's a matter of time that your works become of the flesh. And when your works become of the flesh, it's a matter of time before you become frustrated. And when you become frustrated, it's a matter of time before you become fruitfulness, fruitless. Devotion to God. Let me go on. Out of all the different things, the thing that grabbed me about Mary in this particular text, and after it even said it a couple times, that what she did was not an unusual thing. It wasn't something that was, in a sense, uncommon, but it's how she did it and where she did it and when she did it that made the difference. Because the scripture said that when she came into the room where Jesus was, 
and where all the, the Pharisees and even the disciples were at that time, the Bible said she came up behind her. And notice, the scripture said that she, with her tears, she began weeping. And it's something about how she got, when she got right there in the presence of God, she began weeping. And the Bible said that she kneeled down and that she, with her tears, she washed his feet. And with her hair, she began to wipe them. And with her lips, she began to kiss them. And the thing that grabbed me was her hair. Letting her hair down. And what you have to understand that is very significant during this time. Because what you have to know is that in first century Middle Eastern culture during that time, respectable women did not let their hair down in public. It was disgraceful. It was not honorable. You were to keep your hair pent up or, or bobby pin. I don't know what you call it, but it was supposed to be up. But if you were caught in public as a woman with your hair down, you would consider it sometimes to be immodest or even immoral because here's the thing. The main women during that time that actually had their hair down in public were prostitutes. And this is where even some commentators debate back and forth because some even refer to her as a prostitute. But here's the problem with that. Can I throw something in? There's no account that says that she was a prostitute. It just says that she's a sinner woman. How many know that you can be a sinner woman or a sinner man and not be a prostitute? But what they did was they looked at her outward expression of her letting her hair down. And they assumed that because she looked like them, that she was one of them. But the problem with that is they cast judgment before they did an investigation. And anytime you cast judgment before investigation, it leads to misrepresentation. There was nothing that accredited that she was a prostitute. Because the reality of it is, this was a woman that when she let her hair down, it was a declaration that says this, to worship Jesus, to get to his feet, to get what I need from the king, to get a breakthrough and a miracle in my life. I'm willing, I wrote it down like this, to be thought of as immodest and perhaps immoral if that's what it takes. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Somebody like, ooh, wait a minute. In other words, here was a woman that says, I'm willing to sacrifice my financial stability. The perfume that she has was costly and expensive. I'm willing to sacrifice my whole body and being because she fell down at his feet and with her hair and with her lips, her whole body was engaged with Jesus Christ. And then she says, I'm willing to even sacrifice my reputation by letting my hair down. But if that's what it takes... To get to Jesus so that I can get what I need from him. I'm willing to go to the extreme. I'm willing to do what I have to. I'm willing to let my hair down to get to my Jesus. I'm going somewhere. Understand that whatever you sacrifice for Jesus will always have perpetual influence. 
always have perpetual influence. Mary got to a place where she says, I'm not concerned with image management. I'm not concerned with what they think I am or who they think I am or how I appear to be in public. She wasn't concerned about what other people felt about her. But the Bible said that I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to get to Jesus. She's, let me just preach right here. Because what Mary wasn't concerned with was her image. But oftentimes it's our image is the very thing that keeps us from becoming more intimate with Jesus. We're so guarding our image, we can't get intimate with him. We're so busy, come on, stay with me now, building up our image at the neglect of our character. Image and reputation, how people see me and how people view me and how people think about me. But Mary did not care. And we have to get to a place that we can't be so concerned about our external image that we don't take care of the internal heart conditions and issues of our life. Timothy said one of the things that would plague the church in the last days that many would have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. Look religious, talk religious, dress religious, have it all made up, all fixed up. But notice what he said. They denied the power thereof. In other words, denied the power to truly experience transformation on the inside that really matches your image on the inside outside could it be that we have too many Christians that celebrate Halloween all year long yeah I'm gonna wait and get you get that you'll get it in a minute all year long masked up and covered up costume Christians Mask today, mask here. Who can I be today? Who I can I appear to this crowd today? And living a life at the expense of pleasing people rather than living a life of pleasing God. Away with that. It's time for us to let our hair down, quit worrying about what everybody thinks, and let's focus and get to Jesus. We spend so much time and work to make sure that every hair is in place. All right, ladies. And by the way, let me go ahead and tell the men that this is for you too. Don't check out on me because I said let your hair down. Because if you're bald, I'm talking to you too. This is not a woman's message. This is everybody's message. Because I'm not talking about letting the hair on your head down. But, but keeping everything, I am amazed. I'm just going to be honest, and, and Shannon, you're going to deal with me later on. I remember when we got married, and my wife came out. She was beautiful, as beautiful can be, but I did notice her hair got extremely long overnight. <laughs> no one told me, no one warned me or anything. I was like, man, what, what? Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, I'm loving it, but man, how do we get from here to here? What happened? And I'll never forget, I'll never forget that, that when we finally hugged and I kind of grabbed her and I kind of grabbed her head. I love you, but I'm just, I'm just preaching. 
I ain't even looking over there. But, 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 and it looked good on the outside. It looked really, really, but man, I started feeling hardware. I mean, I mean, clamps and, 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 and bobby pins. I, I, I mean, and stuff in, the, you know, and they got fancy names for it now. You know, tracks and closures and all this stuff that, but, all, but, But I was amazed at how much stuff that was down on there that you couldn't see that was put into keeping everything in place to give an outward image. My daughter and my wife, listen, one of the biggest battles I've seen, I, I think my daughter and my wife ever had, and, and I hope this is the praise, I hope this is the only thing, is over hair. My sweet little, I think she's even in this service. My sweet little daughter, she, 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 you know, she's, she's 12 years old now. I love her to death, my little Sydney. But, but, but every, it seemed like every other morning, there's an argument about the hair because Sydney loves to wear her hair up a lot. And sometimes she needs mama to hell. And mama, you're getting old enough that you need to do your own hair. All that stuff. And I get it. You know, can't you learn to do your own? And it's just, and it's World War III. I mean, just breaking out. Can we just, you know, I go pray, have a good time with God and come back in. And it's blowed up. Everybody fussing and fighting. And it's all about hair. Because, because Sydney said, Ma, I just need you to help me to keep my hair up. Help me to pin it up in this box. But I was, I, I'm amazed at how much frustration, aggravation, anger, and trouble comes when we're always trying to keep our hair up. So I got to the point, I tried to be proactive. Sydney, your hair looks so good when you wear it down. <laughs> Baby, just wear your hair. Oh, it looks great that way. And I do mean that, but on the flip side, there is a little agenda. I'm trying to keep the peace. <laughs> Let me say this to you. When our greatest fear is letting down our hair, perhaps our greatest sin is keeping it up. I'm going to say it again. When our greatest fear is letting down our hair, perhaps our greatest sin is keeping it up. Like Mary, it's time for us to let our hair down. When I looked up that phrase, let your hair down, it said, relax without worrying what people think. Allow yourself to behave more freely. It spoke of being free. Listen what it says, to leave behind one's inhibitions. And then it says, inhibiting, leave behind, inhibiting, listen to this, restricting or anything hindering the process. Whew. So it says when, when, I, when, when I'm in a place and I'm so focused on keeping my hair up. It hinders the process that I'm to walk through in life that keeps me whole and complete. Mm. I want to say men, it's time to let your hair down. Dads, it's time. To let your hair down. I know we want to be strong. I know we want to be mighty. But it's not strength. When I have a facade up. It's not strength. When I have a mask on. It's not strength. When I'm pretending. I want to say women. It's time to let your hair down. Moms. It's time 
to let your hair down. I'll say to every young person in here, I know you're cool. I know you got a little swag and you got it going on and you like to be lit. But guess what? You need to let your hair down. You need to quit pretending like everything is all good when it's not good. It's okay to let your hair down. Because see, in reality, that's what church should be. Church should be one of the safest places that people can come, that no matter what's going on in their life, no matter what they're going through, that if I can get to free chapel on Sunday, I know I can go in there because Jesus, number one, is in the house. His presence is there. And I can go in a place and let my hair down and know that everything will be all right. We're not going to be a church that judges without investigation. Quickly, if you're going to let your hair down, number one, let me just give you these. You got to, oh God, I'm just going to, my points are like raw. You got to just forget what people think. Bottom line. The Bible said that, that when Mary began to, to she, she began to let her hair down and wash Jesus' feet, the scripture said the disciples were indignant. That bothered me. It didn't say the sinners. Disciples. Church folk. Sometimes we can be the worst ones. Oh, I'm coming at you. This, yeah, yeah. It's, it didn't say, it said disciples. People that the very ones that should have been encouraged. You should have been. Oh, get it, Mary. Get it. Whatever you got to get. Get yours, man. I'm cheering you on. That's it. Get before. But no, the disciples talk indignant. Look at her. Who does she think she is? Look at him. Who does he think he is? It doesn't take all that fanaticism, emotionalism. Look at him. Look at him. But you don't know what Mary been through. You don't know what John's been through. You don't know what Jim has been through. You don't know if they were thinking about taking their life before they came up in the parking lot this evening. You don't know the hell that they've had to walk through. You don't know the report that they be given. You don't understand that some people don't come in here just for a show it's a matter of life and death it's a matter of desperation they understand if I don't touch him today I might not make it tomorrow we got to be careful let's not be down talkers let's be upbringers let's be grace givers and not fault finders come on give the Lord a shout of praise forget what people think People's opinion does not overrule God's prophecy over your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Notice, now let me, let me take it specifically. Because John said, John's text said, Judas was the first one to speak up. Judas. But listen to what it said. It said, Judas, who being a thief... Who oversaw the treasury... And who would steal from it. But he said, you know, we, we could have used this money for the poor. He didn't care about the poor. He cared about himself. He said, less, less is, she could have put that in this bag. Because when she put it in that bag, that goes in my pocket. But something got me. The scripture was very specific. It said, Judas being a thief and he stole. 
Can I tell you the moment you make up your mind to let your hair down and get before Jesus, the first voice that you're going to hear is the thief. Oh, God. Well, let me play. John 10, 10 said the thief come not but to steal, kill and destroy. Satan is always going to tell you that it's a waste to get before God. It's a waste to worship. It's a waste to praise. It's a waste to give. It's a waste to serve. It's a waste to go to Bible study. It's a waste to get in connect groups and small groups and get plugged into a church. It's a waste. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. But I want to tell you this evening hell will all oh my god what hell calls a waste heaven called worship forget what the old lion serve see here's the thing the bible said that satan is a liar and the truth is not in him so whatever he says believe the opposite so if he said it was a waste you got to know it's valuable if he said you can't you got to know that you can because he cannot tell the truth Say, forget what you think. Somebody need to text somebody and say, forget you. (laughs) Somebody watching the stream, just just say, forget them. (laughs) See, I believe Mary had, can I just preach like, I believe she had an attitude. She had a woman's attitude. I believe when she walked in there, she didn't care about none of those dudes. Because, you know, I, I'm going to preach it like I want to. I believe she said, don't come for me because I didn't come for you. 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 I didn't come to spectate. I didn't come to be seen. I didn't come in here trying to be cute. I know I'm cute, but I ain't trying to be cute. I didn't come for none of y'all. I came for one person, and that's who I'm after. Excuse me if I can get to Jesus. Don't come for me because I didn't come for you. Excuse me. You got to fight number two, familiarity. Forget what people think, fight familiarity. What do you mean? Luke said this. Notice what he said. The Bible said, now watch this, that a Pharisee invited Jesus into the house. But then later on down in the text, Jesus identified who that Pharisee was. Because when Mary began to let her hair down and worship and pour out the oil, notice what he said. Now, this man don't know what kind of woman she is touching him like that. She's a sinner woman. Okay. Why is that important? If you read the other accounts, Simon was called Simon the leper. Now, you know, the Bible teaches us if you had leprosy, you had to be alienated. You had to be away from the public and and from the crowd. And you had to cry out, unclean, 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 unclean. You were not allowed to be in a public arena like Simon was. So history tells it that this same Simon was one who received healing from Jesus. 
Now, wait a minute. So that quick, Simon, you forgot the pit from which you've been dug. Follow me now. Jesus, but watch this. Now he only sees Jesus as a man. But when he was sick with leprosy, he saw him as a healer. Isn't it funny how we get desperate for God and we get we get hungry for God when we're broken and messed up and jacked up and all that type of stuff. But once he brings us up, brings us out, life is good. Look at Simon. He's holding parties now. He's cooking up stuff. He's a hospital. He's a host right now. But now he has the audacity to even question the character of Jesus. I'm going to tell you why. Because after being around Jesus, he became familiar and what used to be superior now he sees as common and the dangers is is us getting familiar with Jesus getting familiar with church getting familiar with worship getting familiar with oh okay who's gonna preach today who's gonna do pray? I gotta go to church I gotta go to church yeah God's gonna move it's great it's great it's great it's great it's great and just become familiar come familiar the sad thing is uh, every one of them in that room was familiar because this is what Jesus said he said Simon I don't understand why you are pitching a fit he said when I came into your house, you didn't offer, number one, you didn't anoint my head because during that time it was customary and expected that when a guest, especially a king, came into the house, you were supposed to anoint their head, you were supposed to wash their feet, and you were supposed to greet them with a kiss. But Jesus said, I came into your house. You didn't anoint my head, you didn't wash my feet, you didn't kiss my cheek, but here is a woman who is not even her house but she recognized who I was and she said and notice what he said he who have been forgiven much loves much but see we often think that that's in referring to Mary but really I think Jesus was doing a contrast he said he said when he said he who has been forgiven much loves much but here's the problem Simon had forgotten how much he had been delivered from how much he had been set free from and now Jesus is just common and familiar I want to say this to you we should be more hungry for God today than we were on the day that we first met him God forbid that we start serving Jesus for years and the more we serve him, the less hungry we are, the less thirsty we are. And listen, if he does nothing else from this day forward, if you are saved and forgiven and blood bought and, 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 and washed in the blood of Jesus, that's more than enough that every time that you come into the house of God, he ought to get your best praise. He ought to get your best worship. He ought to get your best honor. Because you understand, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, where would I be? Where would you be? I know where I would be. Not here. Probably wouldn't even be alive. Last, and they can come to the music. You have to fight familiarity. You have to forget what people think. And you just got to be willing to fall at his feet.
It's almost like Mary had an infatuation with the feet of Jesus. But could it be she understood the significance of his feet? Because see, when she was down at his feet, countless times throughout the gospel, miracles resulted, breakthroughs were received when people was at his feet. Could it be somewhere along the line that Mary could have heard one of those scribes and Pharisees reading from the book of Isaiah that says this? This is what Isaiah said concerning him. It says, where's my scripture? Where's it at? How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace. Who brings glad tidings of good things. Who proclaims salvation. Who says to Zion, your God reigns. Maybe she had a revelation. That I'm not just at any feet. I'm at the feet that brings good news. I'm at the feet that brings forth miracles. A man full of demons fell at these, these same feet and was delivered. A Syrophoenician woman whose child was plagued by an unclean spirit. Religion didn't do it, but when she fell at his feet, that child was set free. The Bible said they brought many that were maimed and lamed and blind and laid them at his feet and he healed them all. And what I love, said she kissed his feet. And you got to understand that those were feet that walked in sandals for miles every day. But I thought about that. She kissed his feet. But remember, those are the same feet that God prophesied in Genesis. That says those feet, Satan will bruise his heel. But those feet will crush his head. Maybe she wasn't just kissing his feet. Maybe she just had a taste of victory in her mouth. But it all started when she decided, I'm willing to risk reputation, what people think, how people feel about me. Call me what you want to. But I'm going to let my hair down. I'm not going to pretend anymore. I'm not going to be fake anymore. I'm not going to be phony anymore. I've tried that. And that doesn't do anything. But the moment I'm willing to become, listen, transparent, honest, and vulnerable, healing comes. Do you know the Bible says God, listen to this, listen to what I'm about to say, God resists the proud. Watch this. But he give grace to the humble. Pride is keeping your hair up. Notice, he said if there's no humility, grace can't get there. Pride is a blocker to grace. He said, but when there's humility, grace floods. And in your weakness, his strength become made perfect. It's time for us to let our hair down. What have you been holding your hair up with? What have you been hiding behind? And this is not a beat up or anything like that. 
This is an opportunity that we can say, you know what? It's time for me to let my, I'm tired of trying to just hold it all together, hold it all together. That's the problem. You're trying to hold it together. You don't need to try to hold it together. You need to give it to his hands and let him handle it. His hands are bigger than your hands. You don't need to hold it together. You need to lay it at his feet. So as you stand to your feet, the Bible said this. That Jesus said, woman, your sins are forgiven. And that would have been good if she stopped there. If it stopped there. But then Jesus makes another statement. He said, woman, you have been saved. But that word saved is the word sozo. Which means total healing, total deliverance, total freedom. Demonic forces broken off of my life bondages and addiction it's where Paul said may the Lord God sanctify you wholly in your spirit soul and your body that you might preserve blameless on that day in other words God cares about your spirit God cares about your soul and God cares about your body and he said when she let her hair down it wasn't just I got forgiveness of my sins now I'm a Christian that's great that's awesome but he says I come that you might have life and life more abundantly life to the full I want sozo in you I want you whole in your soul I want you whole in your mind I want you whole in your emotions I want you whole in your body and your spirit Jesus Christ died for every part of our being and she received it at his feet and so today I want to ask you What do you need to lay at his feet? Do you need to let your hair down and lay some things at his feet today? What have you been holding back? What have you been keeping back? What have you been trying to handle on your own? I want to tell you, I believe that the same power that was in that little room 2,000 something years ago that was at the feet of Jesus is in this room this evening. And if we would act through faith and let our hair down and say, I'm laying it down. I'm worshiping you. I'm not going to worry about what people think. I don't come from me because I didn't come from you. I've been going through too much for me to just to come to another service and leave out of here the same way that I came. I believe today. Today, that if you're willing to let your hair down that you can receive a miracle right here right now I don't have to leave carrying stuff that I brought in I don't have to leave in the same old mindset and mentality I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God to break yokes to heal and, 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 and to strengthen and encourage thank you for listening to this week's podcast we hope you are blessed